Hi, I'm Allison Hare, a former corporate executive documenting my journey to find a new way to live, work, and play without burning out. Welcome to the Late Learner Podcast, where we explore fresh, modern, and proven approaches to break down old, deeply embedded ideologies and create new ones that just work better for you. So what are we late learning today? Well, today we are learning about what to do when you don't feel like you are measuring up. And I know you, you are critical of yourself. I know this because I am too. And I've got such a crazy story to share. So I was at a party recently and I was introduced to someone new and she was around my age. She was a highly accomplished woman, perfectly poised, very pretty. She was skinny, seemed to have it all together, was active, had done all kinds of cool challenges, physical, mental And she had this sense of calm about her. And you know, this was my assessment after five minutes of knowing her. And where did my head go? Well, you'd think it'd be a normal response, but no, not this one. And if you listen to one of my recent episodes called I'm Hurting, I've been open about my excruciating struggles with finding the right circle of friends that fit me right now. You know that saying, you are who you surround yourself with. And I'm trying to be really intentional right now. And when I met this woman, I I immediately started to back away like a freak. She doesn't need me. She's got everything already. She probably can tell I am needy and I'm a total over texter. I'm probably way too intense for her anyway. <sighs> Yikes. Why do we do this to ourselves? Or is it just me? So what do you do when you feel like you aren't measuring up? Well, let's start digging in. And before we do, it's time for the good stuff. What's the good stuff? Well, stuff, stuff stands for surprisingly true, useful fun fact. And today's fun fact is one of my favorites. A new study was done on the five most beautiful mountains in the world, And since this episode is about measuring up, let's measure all the way up. I recently climbed to the tallest peak in Georgia called Brasstown Bald, and I did it with my effective collective mastermind folks. And and it inspired me to go on a mission to climb the tallest peak in each of the lower 48 states. So stay tuned for more on that. So I wanted to share this with you. So the five most beautiful mountains in the world. Number five is good old Mount Everest in Nepal and Tibet. That I would think is probably, it could be the most popular, wouldn't you think? Number four is the Denali Peak in Alaska. It's over 20,000 feet and the only one on this list in the U.S. Number three is the Matterhorn in Switzerland and Italy. Number two is Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania. It is the tallest freestanding mountain in the world and made up of three dormant volcanic peaks. And number one, you ready? Number one is Mount Fuji in Japan, which is also an active volcano. Have you been to or seen any of these? I haven't, and it's given me such wanderlust. I just want to open my arms and see it all. Stay tuned to the very end of this episode for the second installment of The Good Stuff, where today 
I'm giving you a little more insight into what happens and the wisdom you get when you age. Okay, now let's talk about measuring up. Now, where I left off is acting a fool when I meet cool and successful people. And I bet you have tons of situations where you start to second guess yourself, even though you may not outwardly present this way, or you may not act like yourself. You're kind of beating yourself up in your head. Like, why did I say that? Why I'm too much. I'm not enough. Why can't I? Whatever. And the inner monologue goes into battle. But let's talk about the inner monologue and the outer presentation. Here's what I know. Almost every single person I've ever met that is bold and confident and sometimes come across as overconfident, what I have noticed, they are often the most sensitive on the inside. Lots to protect, you know? Whether it's born of trauma, whether it's big T or little t trauma, it doesn't really matter. But it's almost always a protective response, a defense mechanism from something in the past. Obviously, we are not being chased by tigers and lions, but our body still responds in that way, whether it is through anxiety or whatever it is. Our body is actually doing its job, right? Like it's it's protecting us from threat, from something that happened in the past. And so part of our job as we become wiser, as we experience more, is how to unhook that where it makes sense. And I, uh, now for me, I've always been pretty bold by nature. You could say I have a healthy dose of confidence. Uh, and a few years ago, I noticed that my son, when he was seven, he's 10 now, um, but he was seven, he would come home from school and something would be off. He'd be exceptionally agitated. And in general, my son is very sweet. He's very cerebral. He's typical of a firstborn. He's shy. He takes it all in. He takes a little while to warm up to new people. This is completely unlike me and very much more like his dad. And in this period of time, he would come home or he'd be sad and he'd be irritated. He'd snap at us or he'd he'd kind of burst out into tears, especially if something had gone down on the playground that we would eventually find out it usually was something to do with his friends. And I was worried that this might be the start of depression or anxiety. It was just so different. And as I started to explore how to support him, I found out it wasn't necessarily that he was depressed or experienced anxiety, but that he is a highly sensitive person, which believe it or not, is an actual trait. 20% of the population would fit into this category. And what that means for my son, it means, or perhaps for you or people you know, it meant my son has extra sensory processing around everything, big feelings, the way his clothes feel on his body, loud sounds, or uh, change of plans very quickly, food textures, that kind of thing could be really irritating to him and, and really kind of dysregulate him. And when I started to notice his patterns in his responses, I realized I had exactly the same experiences in my body, especially with the big feelings. I never identified it before, never would have even considered it, but I realized I'd spent 40 plus years unknowingly repressing it so I can present a much more pleasant 
outward appearance. I mean, you can tell where this is going, right? Trying to be pleasing, not wanting to be annoying to others, always wanting to present a certain way. And so much of this is ego, right? I never considered myself generally a people pleaser in the context that you would think it, but maybe somewhere I was afraid I'd be rejected if I shared how I really felt. And once I started to peel back the layers, I realized that despite my natural confidence, I was insecure as hell. I still am. I was in a two decades long career in sales where I never felt like I belonged there. To me, it was a paycheck and it would allow me to do the fun stuff on the side. And I was always afraid I would be found out that I wasn't smart enough or skilled enough or talented enough. And I'd realized that I was trying so hard to not be too emotionally outward. And I curated that too. You know, when I started to think about it, I can't tell you how many meetings over the years and over my career, and this isn't all the time, but when it would happen where I would be sitting down very often with a male boss and would do everything in my power not to see that I was choking back tears. And you know, I want you to listen really carefully to this. If any of this is resonating with you, as a woman in business, you come in, you come into the workforce with your intelligence, with your power suits, your confident heels, your chutzpah, your big ideas, maybe sharpen the razors on your elbows if you have to. You speak up, you sit at the tables. Very often, you as a woman might be in the minority at those tables. And you spend so much energy checking all the boxes. Yeah, you deserve to be here. You're going to not only prove it, but you're going to overprove it every chance you can get. You can balance work, family, home, social, personal. You can do it all. Of course you can. I call it the get shit done girl. Until you chronically get too much shit done where you don't know how to stop the spinning plates because you've got way too many in the air. And that get shit done girl is very often like, yeah, of course I can do it. Of course, of course, of course. It's almost like a badge of honor. But you realize that if you dropped any one of those plates, well, who else is going to do it if not me? And so you see where in lies the problem here of like, how do you untangle this? And here's what I've learned though. And I bet you know this in your core. It's so interesting. I've been having so many conversations with high-performing women. Since I left my corporate career last year, I've learned as much as I've unlearned. And as I've dove deep into self-discovery and trying to untangle all the cultural programming that just no longer fits over the past year into something much more aligned, I realized I had to use more discernment with the kind of tools I was using to help accelerate my own journey. So I want you to listen carefully here. When you open your podcast app or social media or turn on the TV, your book library, your Audible, whatever it is, all of it, what do you consume the most? No judgment here. Is it predominantly memes? They often can serve a purpose, really. They are... Uh, in so many cases, and especially in the pandemic, God, they were a lifeline, right? But are you consuming the news? Is it celebrity gossip? Is it the holistic psychologist on Instagram? 
Are you going down that rabbit hole? Is it personal development and self-help? I would invite you to do an audit on it all. Take a good hard look at what you're consuming. Again, with no judgment, just noticing. And when I looked at my podcast app and scrolled through the new episodes that, you know, had just downloaded, almost every title was how to fix or how to get better at or stop doing blank or how to hack whatever. And I noticed something as I would listen to some of these shows, huge shows like Glennon Doyle's and Mel Robbins, I noticed that these topics were all of a sudden inventing insecurities I didn't even know I had. And keep in mind, personally, I think Glennon Doyle and Mel Robbins have incredible podcasts. This is not a knock on them. But it was a knock on my door to be more mindful of what I was consuming. I had to unfollow some shows that just weren't helping. It almost is like that how-to, that fix this, that you're broken. It almost is like a way to keep people sick thinking or convincing them that they had a problem when maybe they're not even broken. So I had to unfollow unfollow some shows that weren't helping. News had to go. All of my beloved podcasts about cults, and uh, I don't know if you know me, I freaking love the topic of cults. I had to unfollow for a while. True crime, I mean, that stuff is just crazy. I love some true crime. But did you know there's a study that showed that those who became obsessed with true crime, whether it was news, documentaries, podcasts, whatever, it genuinely negatively impacted their mental health. So maybe it's time to unfollow some podcasts and rearrange what you consume to give yourself a better container to fill it with something more nourishing. First and foremost, you are not broken. There's nothing you need to fix. Depleted? Yeah, probably. Broken? No. You might have simply outgrown your container. This is one of my favorite topics. I call it fractures of light. And if you are feeling maybe a sense of agitation, maybe you're hungry for something different, maybe there's a stirring of something more, but nothing's really wrong. You may have what you need, but something is going on where you're like, God, is something, why, why don't I feel settled? Why don't I feel settled? And maybe you've just outgrown where you were, like an egg that's cracking. The fractures of light are that light that's peeking through, that's leading you to somewhere new, somewhere with potential for your growth. I imagine that if you feel that agitation, that stirring, That's not just to annoy you. That is like a little knock on your door saying, there's more for you. There is more for you. You might have just outgrown where you are and maybe need to rearrange some of the things around it to allow for your growth. So what does that look like? Maybe that those lights, those cracks, that the fractures of light, Maybe it in it is somewhere with potential for your growth. Maybe it is full of possibility. That's where you press on those cracks and see what more light can shine in. That's step one. So step two, what else do you fill it with once you clear out what no longer fits? So here's where this gets so fun. This is where I come in because, ooh, I would love to be your hype woman on this. I am your hype woman. I am 
all about this. And think about this too. We under celebrate so much in life. Why do we do that? We need to over-celebrate where we can. Life was never meant to be easy. You need a hype woman. I need a hype woman. I need a hype squad. You need a hype squad. And so, uh, and isn't it way more fun to have someone in your corner cheering you on when you might be doubting yourself? We don't have to do this alone. And uh, as an example, I went to a dinner last week with some amazing female entrepreneurs. And these were women who are just crushing it in life. Powerful, strong, smart, accomplished people whose brands you may know or will know. And when we went around the room and introduced ourselves, I noticed a common theme. And most of those themes were burnout or moving dangerously towards burnout, where so many spinning plates, so much going on, so much responsibility and weight on how how do they move forward in a way where they can still keep themselves intact. And the other part was loneliness at the top. And what I thought and appreciated so much is that we immediately recognize one another. It almost stopped us dead, especially the loneliness part, because nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about how lonely it is to go through life, even though you might have a partner and a family and best friends, you know, those kind of things. It's still lonely. I mean, loneliness was just uh, was just announced as a, a an epidemic in the U.S. by the Surgeon General. It is a real thing. We need to talk about it more. And what I immediately recognize, we we immediately recognize one another. And I was so grateful to have a brave space where strong leading women could so share so openly and do it safely and know they were safe. And it reminded me of why I'm so passionate to help women, especially mothers, find more alignment and more permission to not only take time for herself, but to be herself fully and present just as she is. I also remind myself of this because I'm constantly evolving and struggling with this too. You know, I've used this platform of podcasting to be deeply honest and unapologetic about truths that I was afraid to say out loud to anyone. I would say that this podcast, and and in particular, my blog in this podcast, has really (laughs) given me a platform to say things out loud that I don't know that I have ever admitted elsewhere. And what I have noticed and been you know, even though it's really scary to say some of these things, um, I've had people call me crying. I've had people send me notes on how grateful they are that I was able to share that and recognize that maybe other people were struggling with this. So I generally feel like if I'm feeling something profoundly strong, and again, as somebody who is a highly sensitive person, I feel things really profoundly and it's annoying because some of it is not great and it just hurts so much, you know? And so if I can kind of use that and know inherently, if I'm feeling this way, other people have to be feeling this way too. That That's kind of my stance on all of it. So if I'm feeling this way, others will too. 
I need to talk about it and use this platform as a force for good to let people feel not so alone. But also, if there is an opportunity to help you see your worth and your value in right as it is and be able to glow again, be able to thrive and be able to flourish right where you are without having to fix anything or creating a community around you to hug and kind of wrap you in support and love as you move on to the next container that just fits better. That's where I am, you know? And so, uh, you know, I, I had talked about this podcast episode I mentioned called I'm Hurting. And I couldn't even listen back to it because it was so raw. And my little perfectionist brain would have wanted to edit it all up so it sounded better and tighter. But I left it as is. I left it completely raw. You know, I ended up crying on that episode and got a lot of incredible um, responses on that that I was super, super grateful that that it touched so many people, but I couldn't even listen back to it. And what I'm working on, and I'm saying this publicly because not only do I want to be your hype woman, but I need one too. And what I'm working towards is healing general wounds or generational wounds around friendships and money, money mindset. My goodness. Like for me, that's kind of my anchors of where I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of putting it out there. That's what I'm healing. And I'm going to break this cycle. And for every lesson I learn, no matter how painful it is to go through and go through with eyes wide open, my commitment is to help the other moms and women break out of their own old containers and build a new one that just simply fits. And my mission is to give you permission to prioritize what lights you up. When you are feeling like you don't measure up, my guess is it's not that it's because it's true, not even close. It's because you might have accidentally forgotten to put yourself back in the center of your world again. I am here to help guide you home to yourself again and again. So I'll leave you with four resources for you right now to help you on your way. And again, don't forget to stay for the good stuff. I've got another surprisingly true, useful, fun fact to close out this show. But let me give you the four resources right now that can help you. The first resource, you remember how I told you that you are not broken. Do you know where I learned that I'm not broken? It was the book Mirrors in the Earth by Asia Suler. I have never read a book. Well, in this case, listen, I don't read books. I, I'm an audio learner. But this was the only book that I purposely slowed down getting through it because every time I turned it on and heard Asia's voice and what she said, it instantly made me feel complete. It made me feel whole. It made me feel connected immediately. And I shared it with every person I know and shared it here. I've interviewed Asia. I've had her on this podcast. And I want you to feel that way too. So Mirrors in the Earth by Asia Suler. I'll link it in the show notes. The second resource 
I started writing down everything. So, you know, I left my corporate career a year ago. And over that past year, I have been on a mission to live, work, and play in full alignment. And I started writing down everything I've learned and unlearned to find more alignment over the past year and have come up with some really non-obvious but super effective frameworks that I wanted to share with you totally for free. And I'm sharing all of my secrets in my exclusive email list. So if you're on it already, make sure you open and read them and follow the prompts and the invitations. They will change your life. And they're short and they're succinct. They aren't very, very long. uh, And they usually end with something fun. If you're not on the list, go to allisonhair.com and sign up right this minute. Third resource, number three. If you, this I'm so excited about, if you are feeling like you could use some support in breaking out of an overscheduled routine or would love to test your own abilities to try something new and see what's out there, see what possibilities are available, I'm doing a totally free, no cost to you, a bold challenge. You can go from over-functioning to audaciously aligned. Yes, I'm serious. Four days, it's only four days, four simple prompts, one a day to take you to fun, freedom, and fortune. That's it. Four days, four simple prompts, super easy. We begin in mid-July, so make sure you get in now. And this is almost like a sneak peek into my Effective Collective Mastermind because it uh, has similar principles to it. Um, And my mastermind has powerful results within the first week. So this gives you an opportunity to get the benefits of the mastermind and see what it's like working with me for free, but also get those benefits. So if you're interested in the bold challenge, and if you aren't, uh, you might want to screw your head on back, but go to allisonhair.com forward slash bold. So that's third. And the final resource for now, I've put together a hand-picked collective of high-performing moms for that mastermind called The Effective Collective, where we specifically improve restoring three things, three main areas, your energy, your time, and deepening the relationships that mean the most to you. And I have run a beta The results are undeniable, and I have them all over a website. I've got all the results, everything there, and I'm opening the the doors for the Effective Collective on 7-24, July 24th, and I'm taking applications now. So I am handpicking. I'm making sure that there is a flow and that people are kind of in this growth mindset um, because you absolutely need a growth mindset for that. So if you are in a place and where you're ready for something new or you're going through a transition or you're looking for some support to put yourself in a transition or in the middle of a very busy life and want a bespoke community to help you every step of the way, this might be for you. Or if it's not for you, but you know someone in your life who doesn't want to keep muscling through it all by herself, please connect me. You can get more details at allisonhair.com forward slash collective. And of course, there are almost 200 episodes of Late Learner if you want to have more thought-provoking conversations at absolutely no cost to you that can really help you live in a more aligned way. I'm here for you. Late Learner. It's all you hear. Okay. 
So now it's time for the final installment of the good stuff. Stuff stands for the surprisingly true, useful, fun fact. And I just love this one. One poll partnered with Comfort Keepers for a research study that showed that one in four senior citizens felt like their life advice could make them social media stars. How cool is that? And so they did some more studies on this and they found that 86% would go back in time if they could. And most of them would do that to make better decisions, spend more time with loved ones. And I think the better decisions, all of this is around being intentional, right? And the third was to relive all their happiest moments. And my favorite thing is Sherry Snelling of Comfort Keepers said, when we focus on activities that bring energy, effort, and enjoyment, remember that energy, effort, effort, meaning you are doing something, energy, effort, and enjoyment, pleasure. It has both immediate and future rewards to improve our well-being. Bringing joy into your life is one of the best things you can do to live happier, healthier, and longer. Amen to that, sister. I've linked all the resources mentioned today, including the research on the good stuff in the show notes. I'm so glad you joined me today and I hope you join me in real life as we together give ourselves permission to prioritize your joy and what lights you up. That permission is where it all begins. Be good to yourself so you can be better for others. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.